0: Danielle Binks welcome to Better Reading. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I'm, I'm super excited about chatting with you because our paths <laughs> have crossed a lot, uh, and I know, um, I mean, of course, we've met, but we've never really yeah. sat down and had a good yarn, have we?
2: I know we have met a few times in my capacity. Uh, spoiler alert: my capacity also as a literary agent. Yeah. Um, and this is now me with my author hat on, and it's a little bit fun. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Danielle
0: is a Melbourne-based writer. Viewer, agent, book blogger, and youth literature advocate. In 2017, she edited and contributed to Begin and Begin, an anthology of new Australian young adult writing inspired by the Love Oz YA movement, which won the Abu Book of the Year for older children ages 13 plus and was shortlisted in the 2018 Golden Key Awards. So, the year the maps changed is her debut middle grade novel mm-hmm. coming out with Hachette in Australia right now. Is that right? It's out now?
2: Uh, it's out April 28th, which means ah. it'll definitely be available from May. So close. Yeah, yeah close. close. A little bit of a wait. It's okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, listen, um, you've, you're have you doing a lot and you've done a lot. Uh, <laughs> tell me how it is that you came to work in, you know, the book industry
2: essentially, because you're a bit of an all-rounder. Yeah, I do. I have many hats. Um, yeah, I like So that. Thank you. So I always say that I got my start with writing and I got my start writing, writing fan fiction, which if you don't know, is writing your own works inspired by the universes of other creators. So I wrote a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, There was some Twilight in there, some West Wing, if there were any Aaron Sorkin, the West Wing fans. Uh, I wrote a lot of fan fiction and I wrote fan fiction in particular when I went off and did my first uni degree, which was a communications degree with a major in journalism. And I hated it. I did not enjoy that degree <laughs> I, and I kind of had a an inkling feeling when I was doing a lot of fan fiction writing on the side and all of my lecturers were saying to me, Danielle, none of this purple prose, it's who, what, when, where, why, just stick to that. <laughs> I kind of had an idea that I was maybe edging towards a more fictional <laughs> journey. Yep. Um, but I did three years of journalism. But at the same time, I was writing fan fiction. And then I started my book review blog, which I always called my solo book club. Yep. And it was just me reviewing the books that I was reading at the time. I, was a, I became a really huge reader. I was a big reader my whole life. But especially once year 12 finished, I started reading the books that I actually wanted to read. So There was a lot of romance. <laughs> there was a lot of, not old dead white guys, basically. Um, yeah. There was a lot of YA, a lot of children's books, because I just, I've always loved that. Mm. So I did my, I was doing fan fiction, doing my book review blog, and then I had to do uh, one term of um, a, a placement, a job placement somewhere in a communications field. And I chose publishing, book publishing, and specifically children's book publishing. I got an unpaid internship mm-hmm. with what is now Walker Books Australia, which is a predominantly children's publisher.
0: Oh, they're a great outfit. Yeah.
2: Oh, amazing. And it was yeah. the first time that I realised that there are actually people behind books. Yeah. People who make A lot books. of people. A lot of people, surprisingly. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I thought to myself, well, I would really prefer to do that. That's what I want to do. So I, what, I asked Did you around, want to be a
0: writer or did you want well, to help make books?
2: No. Oh, I would have never said out loud that I wanted to be a writer. I would, okay. I, in my deepest crevices, yes. But yeah. outwardly, once I discovered that there were things called editors, yes. I thought I would quite like to be an editor. So I asked around and found out that RMIT's professional writing and editing here in Melbourne was a pretty good course. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, because I graduated with my journalism degree, I was going to do honours at Monash. But I said to myself, I'll apply for RMIT and if I don't get it, then obviously I'll go off and be a journalist begrudgingly. <laughs> but if I do if get in... <laughs> if I have to. If I must, if the world needs me. Yeah. But if I do get in, then I'll go off and maybe try editing in you know that in brackets and maybe I'll try writing a book um and I submitted to RMIT but I didn't have any of my own writing so I actually submitted a Buffy the Vampire Slayer piece of fan fiction as yeah. my creative writing <laughs> and, I, and I had to actually explain to the RMIT lecturers what fan fiction was and what Buffy was and admit that I didn't create that um, that was just me sure. playing around. You wrote, you wrote <laughs> yes, the fanfiction. I wrote it. Yes. 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 I wrote the fanfiction that was just yeah. weird as characters. Yeah. But that, that actually got me in. That, yeah. um, secured me a place. I did that for a couple of years. And at the same time, I was still book blogging and I was starting to write short stories that were my own stories and submitting them to places. And, it, and I won a few awards uh you know congratulations steadily and slowly thank
0: you Yeah, just a few, yeah. you. Yes. Just a few. And, and you know I want to just stop you there because yeah. I think when people talk about you know that they want to be writers and how do you get to writing one mm. of the things is to keep submitting for competitions yeah. I feel that that is actually a really good pathway to getting published
2: Oh, I was huge and it's short stories. And lo yeah. and behold, it came back again when I was tapped to be editor and contributor to a short story collection with Harper Collins in Begin and Begin, a Love Osway anthology. Yeah. So I thought I was just writing these short stories and just kind of satiating a need that I had to put out my own work. But lo and behold, it created a love of the short story form for me that then helped me when I became an editor and a short story writer for an actual collection. So it all comes around again. I'm a really big believer in it all comes around again. And even if you don't quite know why you're, why you're working at something in the moment, I promise you at some point, fate will tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, this was the reason why. Remember that thing you did five years ago? Yeah, well, now it comes around again. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a really big believer in that. But um, no, long story short, I was just doing RMIT, eventually got an internship that became a permanent position with a publisher where I was an editor and that was really fun. And was that Walker? Um, no, that was with a um a feminist publishing house in Melbourne called Spinifex Press. Oh yeah, they're wonderful too. Yes. Yeah,
0: they that's a great outfit as well.
2: They're amazing. I've worked yeah. with really amazing people. I'm yeah. very very lucky. And and but basically, I was always freelance writing as well, and I was mostly yeah. freelance writing about young adult literature, yeah. and kind of putting out into the universe what I wanted to see happening in Australian YA, which was just more of everything I wanted. I wanted more representation in Australian YA. I wanted more genre representation. I wanted to see some Aussie YA romance, some horror, paranormal, everything. And and it just so happened that one day I was at the Wheeler Centre Yeah. and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and it was just sent de Demaze and she has her own, as you all know, Cheryl, yeah. she has her own literary agency. A power force. <laughs> an absolute powerhouse, powerful, powerful woman. I love yeah. her, adore her. Yeah. So she said to me, I really, I've been reading your stuff online. I like what you say about youth literature in Australia. Do you want to join me and become a literary agent? And truly, this thought had never crossed my mind before. Mm-hmm. But that was that And was what, an yeah, what an accolade. What an accolade. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. She's amazing. Yeah. And that was it's just changed my life. That was 2016. Here I am now. Couldn't imagine doing anything else. And then in that time, as I was kind of probably gaining confidence in this realm, I also started writing a little book of my own and, and now it's out this year.
0: Wow. So Congratulations. Now tell me about thank the book.
2: You. <laughs> the book. Okay. Well, the first thing to know is. I love it is the middle- title. Oh, thank you. That wasn't me. That was my editor. <laughs> no, I am fantastic. notoriously, I'm notoriously terrible at titles and she came up with that. And the second I got goosebumps, I thought, okay. Ooh, the year the maps changed. Yep, yep. That's the winner. Mm. so defer to people who know better and Kate Stevens my editor definitely knew better when it came to titles Mm. um I love the collaboration
0: between editor and author I love
2: it oh and my favorite thing and I was really lucky when I was choosing who I wanted to work with for this book given that I've been an agent now since 2016 I was able to look around and really think who do I want to work with and Kate Mm -hmm. is just someone who I've always gotten along with fabulously Mm -hmm. and I was really excited to be able to bring this to her and say do you want to do this with me? And she enthusiastically said yes. And and that was it. You know, sign sealed mm-hmm. delivered. She was who I wanted. She was who I got. And I feel incredibly lucky for that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think um, and when it works, it's magic. You know. Oh my gosh. You in this book? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So so the book is technically middle grade. Middle grade being for eight to twelve year olds. But I am hearing from booksellers who have had an early copy of it since about December. I'm hearing from booksellers that they will be recommending it the ten plus. And especially for like the 14-year-old age bracket, they think it'll be a really good title for them. So kind of tricky age group. Mm-hmm. It's an age group, I imagine, where lots of kids either become voracious readers or their reading kind of drops off and becomes only what they have to read in school. Mm. Uh, so hopefully it appeals to them. It's a little bit of everything. It's a bit of an adventure novel. It's it's historic fiction as well, uh, which crushes my heart to admit because it's set in 1999 and that does make it historic fiction. <laughs> Um well, that makes me feel. But anyway. <laughs> Look. It's set in nineteen ninety nine and it features an eleven going on twelve year old character. And the thing is, in nineteen ninety nine, I was eleven going on twelve. Mm-hmm. So I've really I've tapped into my childhood and it's set on the Mornington Peninsula down here in Victoria, which is also where I have grown up and still live to this day. It's set in nineteen ninety nine for the very specific reason that was the year of something called Operation Safe Haven which remains to date Australia's largest ever humanitarian exercise when we brought over some 4,000 Kosovo-Albanian refugees at the height of the Kosovo War and NATO bombings. And it's about a young girl called Fred, who is the 11-going-on 12-year-old, who is already going through upheaval in her life. Her adoptive father has got a new partner and they are going to have a baby together And she feels a little bit like she's being edged off the family map. And then Operation Safe Haven happens. And as really happened in real life, a group of the Kosovar Albanian refugees are brought to a disused quarantine station at the Point Nepean National Park, Hmm. uh, kind of right at the very tip of the Point Nepean area. And her life becomes entwined with those of the refugees and a pregnant refugee woman in particular. So that's what the book is.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, I like yeah. the diversity and the fact that you have written, you know, a, a lot about what you know, because you've, you've done the research and it's a place yeah. that you know quite well. But really, there is just, um, there's so much diversity there. And when you were saying earlier that you define books, where people see themselves in or we, where people can identify with. It's not always easy, particularly for that age group. And I think yeah. you've hit the nail on the head here.
2: Oh, thank you. There is, there's a lot of diversity in here and that's very mm. much me uh, also imposing, even though it's said in 1999, that was me also being very conscious of the here and now mm. and also wanting to reflect my life on the page, which is my family and friendships around me. Uh, so there is Fred's next door neighbour and best friend is a Vietnamese boy coming from a Vietnamese family who had their own history mm-hmm. with the Vietnamese war and coming over to Australia as refugees from that. Her primary school teacher is a man called Mr Khoury, who is a Lebanese man, even though I don't explicitly say that in the book, I've been really happy that quite a few people have asked me based on his surname, oh, is he Lebanese? And I have said, yes, mm-hmm. but that's a little bit of incidental diversity. Is what it's kind of officially called, Mm. where I don't make a big song and dance about it. It just is.
0: Yeah, well, that's and it is just is, isn't it? That's just and it
2: just is. That's life. That's how kids react to all the diversity in their lives. They don't go around pointing it out and saying, Oh, look at this amazing thing. It Mm. just is, which is how it should be in books as well, I Mm. think. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, there's the refugees themselves. They were Kosovar Albanian refugees, which means majority of them were Muslim. Mm. Uh, so, yes, there's a lot of diversity in the book. That was kind of the, t- the time dictating it in one sense with Operation Safe Haven, but it was also just me wanting to write a reflection, like I said, of my friends and family as well.
0: Mm. And, and the life that you live. Talk to me a little bit, because I know you've got some some young people in your life. Um, talk to me a little bit about the importance of story, N- not just for adults. I mean, not just yeah. for kids, but for adults. Yeah. Too. I know we touched on that before we started recording the podcast. Yeah. The power of story and particularly the power of story now.
2: Look, I said to you that artists, don't create just for the good times. They actually create for all times, including the bad ones. Mm. And the thing with that is I think all art is some form of storytelling, be it a song, be it a book, be it a podcast, mm. hi, this incredible podcast. Mm. It is, it's is—it's storytelling and there's something very human in that. Very, It goes down to our basic need as people to just connect. And stories create empathy. They're, they're proven to create empathy in individuals because you are literally reading or listening to somebody else's life and putting yourself in their shoes. Mm. And there's been studies conducted in this using, of all things, the Harry Potter books uh, as the official kind of examination of how reading Harry Potter created more empathy in children. They actually mapped this. I believe it was an Italian scientific research that went into it. And it did prove that those who read Harry Potter were more empathetic. Those who read overall are more empathetic. The other thing is that that reading calms us down. It's proven Mm. to... Make us take a deep breath, <laughs> you know, lower our heart rate a little bit. It's kind of akin to to petting your dog or cat a little bit. It's just an instant karma. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's all the good things, all the good nutrients and everything for your brain as well. It keeps us more active in our headspace and everything too. But reading is fundamental. It is incredibly vital. And like I said to you, we read not just for the good times when we're feeling great, but we read, I would say more often, we reach for books, we reach for story, be it also wanting to binge on Netflix or watch a favourite film, whatever it is, we reach for those things in hard times as well. And I think we're all feeling that especially.
0: Mm, I do too. And I think too, um, and I don't know what you think of this, but I'm sure you'll agree. I think to even listen to stories and listen to audio books, I, I get the same value from it you know oh gosh, I, me I, too. I do you yeah. Me too. yeah I move to my core I it, it, it listening to audiobooks for me sometimes is like someone reading to me I really enjoy it, it. is
2: it, it's it's also one of the few times I think when adults kind of revert to their childhood selves and being yeah. read to that's yeah. really it's elemental you know and I I I listen to all audiobooks but I especially love rereading my favorite books in audiobook in a different format. So y- you would know who this is, but I'm a huge Melina Marquetta fan. Oh, she is. I know her very well. <laughs> I know you do. She is the reason, she is the reason I'm a writer. She's the reason I am a reader. You know, I. She's fantastic. She, she wrote, I don't know if you know this, Cheryl, but she wrote books specifically for me when I was a teenager. Yes, of um,
0: course she <laughs> <of course you> she <laughs> She had yeah. that diverse voice from, you know. Oh my gosh, was- yes. Yeah talking about diversity.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of my favourite books of hers is The Piper's Son, which Mm. is just one of my favourite books of all time, because I'm also convinced that that is my family on the page, as I'm convinced that everything Melina writes is for me specifically. But that book in particular is my family. And I rediscovered it on audiobook. And now it's something that I have to listen to at least once a year, because it is like coming home. Mm. It is like sitting down with old friends, Mm. having a chat, having them talk to me. And it is the most comforting you know, a couple of days when I go for a walk with the dog and I have that audio book in my head storytelling to me, I, I can feel myself change fundamentally,
0: you know. It's funny you should mention that because one of the things people are, you know, in our community on the Better Reading Facebook in particular have been asking me, you know, or have been saying things like, oh, Cheryl, I can't read, I'm so distracted, I'm, mm. you know, a little anxious, I'm whatever. And and that happened to me actually in the, in the first week because the news was so overwhelming and, you know, I couldn't stop looking at it. And when I did, yeah. I stopped, I started to go back to reread the books I love, um, you know, so I went yeah. back and read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird because that already oh, gives me great solace. A favourite. Yep, yeah, Yeah, and I, I picked up, you know, just the other night, I picked up my Raymond Carver, the collected stories, and I started oh, reading them again.
2: One of the and best it, short story writers in the world. But yes, yeah, absolutely. and I
0: found it. I did find, well, you know what else I read? Uh, Phosphorescence by Julia Baird, which I found oh. really calming.
2: Stunning. Um, stunning,
0: right. And also it's just like vignettes. So you don't, you know, it's not yeah. a whole book you can dive into straight away. You can dip in and dip out. But I, I did find it very calming. Once I got my mojo back, it really yeah. was the escapism that I needed. And I feel that story does that so much for mm. me, but for so many people, you know, and we need it. I right? do that
2: too. I wrote in the introduction to begin and begin a Love Osway anthology, I wrote a little letter to the reader and I said, books are family, books are community. And I really do believe that. And I really do believe that reading favourites is like coming home. So when I read Harper a to Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. I still cry at those same parts. I still Absolutely. laugh at all the same parts, like her wearing the giant ham. Yeah. Um, all of that. Uh. It's one of my favourite books as well. Reading it really is like coming home, as is reading Melina, as is reading, you know, Wilkis Darkis. Oh, is reading, Mm, (laughs) He's wonderful. As is reading Tess Woods, one of the authors who who we, we represent via my agency, as is reading one of my dear friends now, Carly Findlay's Say Hello memoir. Oh, yeah. All of that. It, yeah. They are. They become friends. Our books become friends. Books really are magic, and I would completely agree with anybody who is finding it hard to focus the mind. I find that my short term memory is a little bit shot yeah. at the moment because I'm trying to absorb so much news. But you're right. As soon as you turn the news off and give yeah. yourself a few days reprieve, your mojo does start to come back. But a great way to recharge is to recharge with old friends, and that's yeah. old books for me. Old favorite books, absolutely.
0: So Danielle, thank you so much. It's just been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for speaking with me today and congratulations on your book.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we could chat properly for the first time in a little while. And I look forward to the day when I get to hopefully sit at your table and you can offer me a fabulous meal. I'm just going to invite myself around for what I know is going to be a fabulous post-COVID party, can I just say. You're you're more (laughs) than welcome. I can't wait. Until then, I will just be smelling your Instagram page, smelling that beautiful (laughs) bread that you're baking my goodness all right thank you danielle
0: if you'd like more information about better reading follow us on facebook or
1: visit betterreading.com.au. this podcast is proudly sponsored by belinda audio belinda audio books are available on cd and mp3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere or you can download from Audible, Google Play, or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called Borrowbox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of ebooks and e audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape. Imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.